a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in fury. An anomaly, properties undiscernible. This week on the Pizza Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Why this week? Because it's this week, and that's what we do on the show, every show, every week. Uh, this particular week, here are the three questions we're going to address. There's four. First of all, we have an email from a lady named Mary, which we'll get to in a moment. She wants to know whether to put money into a CD or to continue to pay off debt. You think you know the answer, but there's some details you need to understand. Segment number two, the top 10 questions. What, how, how do I pick a good financial advisor? So I'm going to give you 10 questions to ask a potential financial advisor to decide whether or not you want to dance with them. Segment three. Uh, segment three, uh, we're going to uh, jump into the Repeaters Facebook group. That's right. If you're already not a, a member of our private group on Facebook called the Repeaters, spelled R-E-Peters, uh, the Repeaters, uh, we and talk to you and we exchange and we get to share ideas and support each other on that page. So we're going to talk through some of the answers we received this week. So go to Facebook and check out the Repeaters and we're going to talk about some great, again, submissions this week. And then finally, what's the biggest waste of money of the week? But let's get started. As you're watching at PeteThePlanner.tv, you'll notice, man, he looks extra bald this week. I know, because I shaved my head. Just shaved it. Don't even care. All right, so uh, let's begin with how you get in touch with us. Uh, ideally, you hire a sky rider, a qualified pilot, to write smoke in the sky, vapor, and to ask us a question. If you can't do that, then just email us, ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Joining me as always on the show is uh, producer uh, Millennial Nicole. Hello, producer Millennial Nicole. Hello. Hello. Balder Pete. Oh. Oh. That was too soon. Why well, I'm... It's too soon. Uh, all right. This uh, email, this first one we got is from a lady named Mary, and here it is. The question is subject uh, is paying off debt. Hi, Pete. Huge fan. <laughs> and I know this is something you hear often. But here it goes. You know, I'm going to stop the question right there. Nicole, I don't know if I hear huge fan very often. Oh, I wonder if she was talking about needing help to pay off debt. Nicole, did I tell you the story about what happened when I did a teletown hall with a uh, with a AARP this week? Yeah, you were flustered. You actually kind of... We got a prank call during this town. So, you know, the AARP is a great organization. Uh, and I, I do work with them from time to time. And they do these teletown halls where they call out like 100,000 people get a, a, a robo dial and then the, when people pick up they go hello and they go this is a teletown hall with aarp if you stay on the line we're going to do a live program with pete the planner and people just listen i answer questions it's like a radio show kind of yeah. like this except i take questions <laughs> and in the midst of this uh we got uh a major prank call that was dare i say epic and incredibly inappropriate and awkward Continuing, uh, oh, I have a total of $47,000 in debt. Are, are you keeping track of these numbers, Frank? Yes, I am. Okay. I have it. We're working, Nicole. Quit messing around. I'll start calling you Nikki. Ew. I have a total of $47,000 in debt. So a total of $47,000 in debt. $3,600 is a prepaid funeral plan 
that will be paid off in 2021. Any I, questions with that? No, but I had to go back and reread that a couple of times. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no, you, you're in debt by paying for your own funeral right now. Yeah, it's a thing. That's a weird thing. Well, it... Putting yourself in debt it's, it's, to pay for your own funeral? But it's better than leaving your, your loved ones with... I mean, she's a single lady. All the single ladies, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. So it's, just, it's responsible. I don't know if it's weird, but it, it f- it's the right thing to do. It just feels odd. Right. To, to be paying for... Yeah. It's like buying, buying toilet paper. You know? It's a weird feeling. It's the right thing to do. Touche, Pete. I'm glad you said touche. Uh, it's not <laughs> like touche, like you use it for your touche. Your tu- oh, <clears throat> buddy. Let's move on. Uh, $6,000 in credit card debt that is at 0% interest and will be paid off early 2019. And $37,000 in a home equity line of credit that is at 4.75% interest. She makes, so I can just read it as her. I make $70,000 a year plus approximately $10,000 extra boarding dogs and renting a room at my house. Stone Cold Hustle. I was going to say, okay. Boarding dogs, it's just like people go on vacation. like, ah, if Fifi can stay with me, it's 10 grand. Is that what we're talking? Yeah, I think so. That's a pretty smart idea, right? I should get into that. Do you have to be licensed to board dogs? would think so there's got to be something behind there that proves you're trustable with a with a live animal for a couple days i feel like i could bore dogs you know just tell yeah. them stories they don't care about they tell just look them some at dad you jokes uh, do you say dad or bad dad thank you you're welcome i'm single my house and car are paid off and i contribute 10 percent to my 401k that has a balance of approximately two hundred and seventy thousand american dollars i have five thousand dollars in savings my question is, would it be wise to put a few thou Zend, in a 19-month CD that earns 2.5%? Or should I just uh, use it to continue paying off my debt? I really want to pay off this debt ASAP, and I'm doing my best to not incur any additional debt. Any suggestions? Thanks. Did she, did she say how old she was? She did not. Let's guess. How old do you think she is? I say late 50s, early 60s. I'm with you. I'm going to go mid 50s to late 50s. And the only reason that makes me say that is for the fact that she's accounting for pre-funeral costs. You know, I feel like someone in like their 40s still who's still close enough to 40. I think you you, you may have swayed me because my my thing, I didn't say she's in her 60s because she didn't mention Social Security or retirement. So that's why I thought she was in her 50. Maybe late 50s is the way to go. It's interesting that she doesn't mention retirement funds at all, though. She does. She has 270000 in her 401k. Oh, you're right. Just kidding. I lied. Just kidding. Is that <laughs> That's what my kids say when they either uh, do something wrong and, and they're like, they're wrong and they knew it. They just say, just kidding. Just like kidding. that alleviates their trouble. Or if they tell, like, when you're a kid, do you remember when you, like, you figure out that if you tell a, a white lie and you get caught, all you have to say is you were kidding. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it exonerates you. Right. And you're like, oh, it's all, it's all okay again. Yeah. See, sometimes when I uh, say something that I think is funnier or that maybe my special <laughs> friend didn't think was right. as funny as I did, I say, oh, just kidding. Yeah. And I, I, I run away. I don't apologize for my bad jokes or my dad jokes. All right. So here's <laughs> what I think. I think... Uh, 
what do you think? I, I, I don't think she should put money, the $5,000 in savings, that's the, an emergency fund that someone should have. And, 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 and honestly, this sounds terrible, but I don't know any way to say it. It's not that much money, so much so that you feel like you have to get better interest off of it. Like, I, I would be nervous to have $5,000, only $5,000. Yeah. Um, so I would not put money into a CD because you no. never know when you're going to need that entire 5000 bucks. I would be focusing on the things that have interest on them. The loans. Yeah, I would be focusing on those. But there's a bigger issue here, I think. Like, what we don't want her to do is to use that $5,000 in savings. Oh, no. To pay off the debt. No, 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 no. So that's where there's confusion with this. Because she's like, well, should I use some of that $5,000? I would presume that's what she's asking. Right. For for CD. Or should I use that money to pay off debt? Uh, First of all, I don't think you should use any of the $5,000 for CD because you need it more liquid. If you get a 19-month CD, then it's locked up and it creates an issue. But number two, you shouldn't use any of your savings to pay off your debt. You should use your income to pay off your debt. Like when you bore a dog or bored a dog. (laughs) I would be taking that $10,000 extra that she's making a year. It probably is. And using and trying to have that as, you know, main allocations for paying down this debt. Here's what I like about this situation is that several things. Number one, she's a fan of the show. Yes. Number two, uh, is this my mother? No, no, number two, um, (laughs) she has a plan to get out of debt, which I really appreciate. And and with dates, like if you don't have dates, you don't have a plan. No, absolutely. Like this whole, like she's got 3,600 for her prepaid funeral. That's going to be paid off in 2021. Like there's a plan in action. She's just trying to make sure that she's not missing anything or that she's going about this in the right way. Here will be the best part of her financial situation. Uh, when she is out of all of this debt by, it looks like 2021, she will have freed up so much cash flow because she's paying all of this that her, her life and hopefully her retirement sometime in the near future will actually get easier because she will need less money to live. Let's say she's paying $700 a month total for all of these things. And when they're all paid off, that means she'll need 700 less dollars a month to maintain her lifestyle. Right. And the fact that she's got already 27, $270,000 in a savings account for her retirement 401k. or 401k for her retirement. That makes me feel better for the fact that there's money set aside so she can focus on getting rid of her debt right now. So then it's one less thing that has to be taken account. Yeah. For. I mean, here, here's an interesting way to think of this $270,000 in a retirement account. If you were to, to start taking money out of it right now, like let's say Nicole, that you were 66 years old, whatever. And you had 270,000 <laughs> in a 401k. That would give you about a thousand dollars a month to live on indefinitely. Yeah. Is that good? Is that bad? I don't know. I don't if, know. But here's the thing: uh, it's all relative. But if she has that, let's say she's 66, she has that. She'll have Social Security. That'll roughly be three thousand dollars a month, um, which isn't terribly far off from what she's doing. If she can continue to board dogs, I, I mean, you know. It's not bad if she's in her 50s and maybe that 270 gets to 400 by the time that's all said and done, then maybe it's 1500 bucks. Not the point. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk about how to pick a financial advisor. All that is next right here on the Pete the Planner Show. I am Pete the Planner. Stop what you're doing and hit Pete up on Twitter at Pete the Planner. But 
question the right of any man to voice his opinion as strongly as any can. But then again, many men are citizens of their own little world, so they ain't really fitting in. I'm in the background blending in. Camouflaged by the scenery, but I'm a champion. Back on the Pete the Planner show, a little, little karaoke during the break. Make sure to never see that video. Uh, this segment, we are uh, taking... Uh, no more questions. I'm going to just answer a question. What's the best way to pick a financial advisor? That's the question. What is the best way to pick a financial advisor? Uh, as I've said on the show before, one of the hardest questions I'm ever asked is that question. It's a hard question to answer. You are essentially uh, selecting someone to put all your trust and faith into to help you deal with all the money you've ever made to achieve your financial goals. That's a really big ask. It makes me nervous just talking about it. So uh, what I have for you I'm going to answer that question, how do you pick a good financial advisor, with 10 more questions. Right? The question is, <laughs> Nicole, you get this. Nicole, the question is, how do you pick a good financial advisor? I'm going to answer that question by, uh, by providing 10 questions. <sighs> so I, I mean this. If you're going to hire a financial advisor, I want you to ask them these 10 questions. If you don't, by the way, uh, you know, remember or have the chance to write these all down, Go to the podcast and you can find them. Podcast is what? Called Pete the Planner Show? Million Dollar Plan? What's the name of our podcast? Anybody know? The name of our podcast yeah. is the Pete the Planner Show. Good. And the repeat and, and repeat. Okay. Just go to iTunes. Anywhere. Just go to PeteThePlanner.com. Anyway, here are the 10 questions. Search Pete the Planner on iTunes. Anytime you go to uh, a financial advisor for the first time, take this list of questions. And by the way, Interview at least three financial advisors. Don't just go to one, go to three and ask them these questions. First question, have you helped other clients in a situation similar to mine? If so, tell me about it. Now, this seems like a layup question, Nicole, because they can be like, yes, just like yours. I was gonna say, it kinda does. But I want them to, I want to, I want to hear the advisor talk about the relationship and, and making that person make a key decision. Now, again, this question of all the questions is the one that could be fudged the most, the answer. But I still want to see a person talk through a situation. Well, yeah. And ask follow-up questions to that. Were they my age? How much money did they make in relation to mine? What was their biggest challenge? Why did they accomplish this or not accomplish this? You know, like it, that question opens up a lot of other questions, but it's a good question. Uh, <laughs> second question, important question. By the way, if you're watching on PeteThePlanner.tv, you will see the, uh, I have an Incredibles band-aid on my uh, tall finger. Is that what the kids call it? I guess. I hooked myself with a treble hook when I was removing a hook from a bass's mouth. What, what Incredibles character is it? I don't know. What's the, the mom? Uh, Elastigirl. Okay, that's what it is. Aww. Anyway, the funny thing is I have a band-aid because I hooked myself with a hook. Fish gets no Band-Aid. The fish gets no Band-Aid. Second question, how do you get paid? How do you get paid? And I'll, I'm just telling you, there should be no stammering. There should be no lengthy explanation. No. It is, I get paid a flat fee that I'm going to charge you every quarter, or I get paid on the products I sell to you. I don't particularly care how they get paid as long as they're very upfront about it. Or they're, if they say, oh, there's no fee at all, Run. Lies. Lies is strong, but it's true. It is a lie. They get paid. If they don't tell you how they get paid, they're getting paid. Right. And but, if they don't tell you how they're getting paid, if they're like dancing around the subject. Run. 
There's just no reason. Why? If the, why it's a basic question. Yeah. I think, you know, there, there are two questions on this list that um, you, I mean, you have to ask all 10 of these, but, but this one really gets to the crux of it. If someone goes, well, I, uh, if it, psh, run. If someone's going to be shicey about how they tell you how they get paid, why are you going to trust them with your monies? Question number three, what services are included for the fees I'm being charged? Pretty simple. Right. And, yeah. and, and I will say this is actually a really good question, too, because if the person uh, doesn't give you a, a if they say, ah, investment management or if they start making stuff up, things that don't even sound right because they're just throwing it in there. Like you got to oh, by the way, you got to listen to the answers, too. And you have to you have to decide are these are these good answers? Uh, number four, how much access do I have to you? Good question. And it also has to do with how much access you want to the advisor. Not every client wants to meet with an advisor every quarter, right? It just, it just really depends. Um, next, what does fiduciary mean to you and you, are you one? A fiduciary is a fancy word for an advisor that is bound to look out for your best interest, first and foremost, regardless of any compensation they may earn with the advice they give you. Okay, so Nicole, that is a real thing. Are you a fiduciary? No. Okay, so just to be clear, you are not bound to do what's in my best interest. Now, I'm not saying that's good or bad, but I just want everyone to be on the same page. Like, Nicole, as it exists right now, I am not technically a fiduciary. No. I don't need to be because I don't manage money anymore. Right. Um, but that is to say I am not technically bound on this show or in any capacity to do what is in someone's best interest. Now, right. do I? I think I do, but I'm not legally bound to do it. I think people should know that so much so that I just said it, right? Yes. I was just thinking. Of, yeah. I, I mean, like, I have no problem that I'm not, but, but I still do. But if, if someone like dances around the fact, well, I'm yeah. not a fiduciary. Uh, well, it's, it's not that easy. Yes, it is. Yes, that it easy. is. It's yes or no question. What is your investment philosophy? I love this question because you as the investor have a particular investment philosophy and you need to know if it matches up with your advisor. Now, here's the thing. They don't have to be the same. They just can't be in conflict. They can be uh, complementary of each other. Like if your advisor's like, uh, to beat the markets by 10% and to trade a, as much as I can to, you know, all these sorts of things, that, that may go against what you're trying to do. Maybe you're just trying to protect your principle, right? So you need to understand objectives and philosophy running out of time uh a few more what happens to me if something happens to you great question to ask your advisor what's their continuation strategy all right if it's a one person shop and they they die in a car accident then what happens to all your stuff i hate to say it but that's a terrible situation and that could leave you in a horrible bind uh number eight how do you secure my personal information in this day and age you have to ask that question does the person have modern filing system maybe they don't we want them to have a modern filing system but they, do they protect your information Number nine, who has the final say if we disagree on a recommendation? Some advisors will actually say, I, as the advisor, have the final say. Other, and, and maybe you want that. Other advisors will say, you, as the client, have the final say. And finally, number 10, 10th question, before we move to the break. This is, I think it's the most important question. Yeah. How am I to evaluate your effectiveness? That's a tough question. It's like, right, let's say I hire you. A year from now, we're sitting here, and I'm saying, uh, and how effective was this person? H how should I evaluate you? Watch them. Listen to what they say, watch them squirm, 
uh, and, and this isn't to cause pain to them or to say they're bad, but if they squirm to that question, what are you doing? You got to know the answer to that question if you're an advisor. And as a client, you have to ask it. Coming up after the break, we're going to uh, read some of the repeaters feedback from last week. All that's next on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. Mr. Kinetic, Rusty Redenbacher, ATFU, Naptown, yeah. Cashing in like the end of the game at the casino. I lean so the glare of the rear view don't hit me. Swiftly through the avenues and boulevards. Old soul playing on my speakers. Old soul but young and age of boss player. Not from the Himalayas, but my fam gave me every Indiana game. Grew up around the country, but the mindset was... Back on the Pete the Planner Show, I am your host of the program, Peter the Planner. On this segment, we're going to deal with uh, the Repeaters group. You're like, what's the Repeaters? It's a private group on Facebook. It's free to join. Let's go to the Repeaters, where we just talk, us and you, and we talk about important things. And it's all a part of our program, Repeat, which uh, is part of our podcast. So go subscribe at iTunes to uh, the Pete the Planner Show. On Tuesdays, you get this radio program. On Thursdays, you get Repeat where we dive deeper into topics. Sometimes they're financial, sometimes they're not. Nicole uh, Frankowski is my uh, co-host of that. Nicole, this week on Repeaters, we asked the question, who is your financial role model? And the Repeaters had some really good answers. Yeah, they did. I, I, you know, I was reading this one, and I think I've talked about this on the show before. I have a, a quick tear trigger. Oh, same. Like I am like, I'll get choked up real quick. I got choked up reading this and I, I might get choked up reading it on the air, even though I've now read it three times. I love this. So the question was, who is your financial role model? And uh, a guy by the name of James answered. And oftentimes you hear people say their parents, right? And Nicole, and you even mentioned on uh, repeat this week that your dad is a, a financial role model of yours and yeah. it was great. And you said, why? And it's lovely. Uh, and I'm not dismissing that, but sometimes when people give a little more of the story as to why, not that his, this story is more remarkable than your story, but this is a pretty remarkable story. You know, you just kind of set it up to like the no offense. <laughs> yeah, I did. no offense, but this person's story is better than yours. Yeah, that's what, that's what you just said. It is. It kind of is. Uh, it's better than any story I have. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, this is a better story than any story I have. I'm going to read it. It's better than your story, too. You didn't have to call it out, though. <laughs> it's so true. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, we'll, we'll let other people judge. So, <laughs> here we go. Dude, just read it. <laughs> uh, the, Jay, the question was, who is your financial role model? And James writes, my parents. They came to this country in 1986 at 37 years old, burning up all their savings to get here and starting at zero. They worked odd jobs and minimum wage until they could build a life. Eventually, they were able to bring their two children, my sister and I, who were eight and six, 
uh, and we came over in 1987. So this guy's parents worked here for a year without their kids to establish a life in America. Uh, and and, I, and the, the guy goes on to say that he was left in the care of his grandparents back in India. Since then, they bought and paid off a house. This is from 1987. They bought and paid off a house, helped put three kids through college, supported literally hundreds of people through charity work in India and other countries, and now are retired with more than enough cash flow through pensions and Social Security to enjoy their golden years. Uh, the... the commenter continues i am 37 years old now and cannot imagine starting over at zero to try to build a life for myself and my family to face that pressure at that age with no safety net in a new and sometimes hostile country and to overcome it when a lot of their contemporaries who grew up here are struggling to do the same is amazing to me they never had personal finance talks with me while i was growing up but because they were also learning along the way their example uh, with spending on how to align it with values has been the most important financial lessons I've ever received. I've added a lot of other pieces to my thought process along the way, but they formed the base. Dude, Nicole, that's amazing. It is amazing. You know, and I, I was kind of half joking about this story, but, but he just tells a good story, right? Because uh, you have a story that, yeah, there, there's not the aspect of probably starting at zero and being in a new country, but the base is still there. What our parents do, and that's actually what we're talking about next week on repeat, of, repeat is what did you learn from your parents, right? And uh, we learned powerful lessons like this. There just wasn't the added drama of being a, an immigrant right. and starting at zero. But man, that's remarkable, isn't I, it? Yeah, it's that whole of our financial successes, I think we mimic versus either following the financial successes of our parents or we mimic you know, the opposite of whatever trials and tribulations that they had. Yeah, it's remarkable. It what, is. Uh, what other one, what, what comments did you like? I, we we, we, um, we asked a few different questions in the last couple of weeks on the repeat uh, repeaters page. Who's your financial role model? We talked about um, who uh, or, or what are your work-life balance tips? Right, and I think it's cool because this gives such an organic place for people to comment in a, you know, a secure place where people are there for all the right reasons. So I think in light of that is why we've gotten so many great responses to the two questions that we've posted. Um, it's been cool to see that a lot of them have been role models are grandparents and parents, just people paving the way by just doing what they were supposed to. Um, there was one one comment um, that and they noted that even though this this was, you know, a couple of years back, the, her, the, her grandparents paid for everything in cash and paid off their home in a year. What? They, they paid off their home in a year. So that means that their salary was larger than the value of their home. Yes. So they paid for everything. She says, my financial role models are my, my maternal grandparents. They are, simply put, amazing. They paid off their house in a year. They paid for cash for everything and never used credit cards. My grandpa was one of the most generous people I've ever met and would often donate to many people and causes anonymously. My grandma, who is still living, is a frugality queen and can make a dollar stretch like no other. See, that's great. Even like, I, I'm just in here thinking, uh, Nicole, now I'm thinking out loud, uh, that Man, it seems pretty unrealistic to be able to pay off your home within a year of buying it. But I don't think the point is, well, if you can't do that, you're not doing it right. But it's definitely inspiring. Right. There's There were sacrifices and, you know, there was discipline that was made there for them to not only have a down payment that was sizable enough for them to make, 
you know, a big jump going into it of what they had left to pay off. But then the fact that they paid off, they made a priority to not have a housing payment once they bought that home. It shows that they did not overhouse themselves, that they made the decision, you know, that they made a smart decision about their housing. If you're just joining us, uh, we're, we're covering uh, some of the comments from folks in the Repeaters private Facebook group. You can join that. All you have to do is go to Facebook. Uh, and search the repeaters and uh, you'll be part of our private group. And we just talk about personal finance topics. Uh, I, I thought one of the questions we asked last week, some of the answers were interesting. What are your work-life balance tips? A guy named Alvin had some good perspective here. Uh, Taking time off that has nothing to do with a vacation has been very helpful to me in balancing all that life throws at you. I've often heard this practice referred to as a mental health day. These days allow me to get a few extra hours of sleep, a quality workout in, an opportunity to run errands, and at least one or two leisure activities. It is like having a weekend during the middle of the week. Also, learning to say no allows for balance. If when I ask myself, does saying yes to this request get me closer to my goals results in a no answer, uh, uh, if it results in a no, then the answer is no. The only exception, exception is if I'm helping a family or friend that I want to be of assistance to. Nicole, I'm a huge proponent of mental health days as yeah. it relates to uh, work-life balance. And around our offices here, we highly encourage those to uh, take uh, mental health days. I liked another one, too, was there There was a comment of she puts her phone in the kitchen drawer when she gets home so she's not distracted when she's spending time with her family. And it's one of those, what a, what a great... I wish I did that. I know I do too, especially in the mornings too, of staying off your phone. I think it's important to stay off your phone. And I, case in point, I've not been on my phone very much during a lot of the mornings this week, this morning, decided to jump on my phone and dig into some things. And I had a not so great morning and left, you know, kind of frustrated, not having a nice conversation with my special friend. Yeah. And it, all of it goes back to a lot of us just are constantly consuming and consuming and consuming content. I know. When we don't need to be. And then you heard Return of the Mac and it all got better. And then it all got better. Let's do this. Let's take a break. We'll come back with biggest waste of money of the week and more. This is the Pete the Planner Show, and I am Pete the Planner. Every day living through the peace of my soul, I remain whole even in the middle of the pain. Even though my life has the rain, I still remain sane, writing and creating for my life. And my pen is my sword given by the Lord, and I use it to fight the tides of restriction. Sometimes I'm conflicted by myself looking at the trees too much and can't see the forest. Enemies shall inherit the earth, and I want to inherit something, something other than the high blood pressure and diabetes. So work is what I got to do. Stay true to my enemy and water the trees that I sing from and look out for the lumberjacks. Running with the gale force wind at my back. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. This lays great errors to rest. Back on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner uh, talking now. Uh, what is this week's biggest waste of money of the week? Uh, Nicole, I, I've been doing two biggest waste of money weeks. So many things waste money. This one <laughs> does too. Uh, do you want technology or food? Wh- which, which direction do you want to start? We got two biggest waste of money of the week. Let's you can do always technology first. you can always submit these via Twitter at Pete the Planner. 
You want to do technology? Yeah, let's do technology. First. All right. So this week's biggest waste of money from a technology standpoint is Bose Sleep Buds. Initially launched as a crowdfunded funding curiosity, Bose Sleep Buds are now available to everyone who wants to help getting a good night's sleep. These tiny earpieces use noise-isolating tips to help drown out unwanted noise and a library of 10 preloaded soothing sounds to mask any remaining disturbances. Three sizes of tips ensure a comfortable fit, a charging case ensures they're juiced up, and a companion app lets you customize settings like volume, your preferred sounds, playback time, and alarms. They are 200 and $50. Now, Nicole, I have to sleep with sound, like a sound machine. Do you really? I did not know that. I, I, there's a very practical reason why, and I, I'm going to play my sound for you right now. It is a heavy rainstorm. Oh. Now, does it make you have to get up in the middle of the night to go to the restroom? Maybe sometimes. Probably, yeah. But I, here's why I do that. Okay. Because I sleep in a different bed at times, it seems like every single night because I'm on the <laughs> yeah. road. And if I'm in a room, an unfamiliar room, with an unfamiliar mattress, an unfamiliar pillow, I need some consistency so my brain knows what to do. So I play that sound every night, no matter what room I sleep in, and it makes me sleep better on the road. Yeah, okay. I totally get that. Now, this is a free app on my phone, phone called White Noise. There are hundreds of sounds you can use and it was free. You can even Bulbers. do custom sounds. Custom? Look at this one. I made what this one. Heck? And it's a picture of my, my <gasps> dog, Ernie. Ernie. And then here's the sound that plays with it. Sleep. Sleep. Yeah, it's just me telling myself to go to sleep. I never use that one, but you could customize it. See my point? Yeah. You can if you want to. Why, why have $250 headphones? Yeah, when no. you can just like turn on your speakerphone, plug in your iPhone or right. whatever, put on your speakerphone and it's free. I don't, I don't understand. Who's that 250 bucks for a real pair of headphones? Yeah. It's like, oh, oh what, what are those headphones? Oh, these are my sleeping headphones. Right. Well, what are those headphones? Those are my awake headphones. Those are my headphones headphones. Oh. Seems like a big waste of money of the week. Yeah, it's pretty big. Do you, do you sleep with the sounds? No, I don't sleep. I do. I kind of wish I did though. Because there are times Start. in our house where it'll settle and I'll hear just like a creak. Yeah. And you just go down the, you, you go down the tunnel of everything it could possibly be. Oh, it's like, man, someone's sneaking around. There, there's some weird ones though on my app here. This one's a soccer match. It's like the World Cup. Who wants to sleep to the World Cup? My, my special friend, probably. It, it gets disconcerting, though, when the Vuvuzela kicks in. <laughs> I'm just going through the different sounds here. Oh, that one was kind of nice. Yeah, you know, there's different ones. Some of them are dumb, though. There's one. I'm trying to find it here. It's, um, it's people talking. Like, what? It's like a crowd talking. Hold on, I'm going to find I'd it. I don't need that. Uh, here it is. Hey, quiet down. I'm trying to sleep. Seriously, that's what it makes me feel like. Because the worst part about sleeping in a hotel room was when it sounds like this in the hallway. Right. Why would you do that? No, thank you. Makes no sense. Anyway, so that's this week's technology biggest waste of money of the week. Uh, Nicole, now it's time for the food biggest waste of money of the week. I like food, and we make cheap food here at the Pizza Planner World Headquarters. A little segment we like to call Pete's Eats. Yeah, available on PeteThePlanner.tv. Mm -hmm. Man, it's a good time. Uh, it the is a good time. The 4th of July episode's coming out. Uh, 
on the 4th of July. July. Go figure. So watch Weird. that next week. It's a good time. Uh, but this week's biggest waste of money of the week is the Don Wagyu A5 Ozaki Steak Sandwich. The Japanese Sando, a sandwich where the beef is breaded and flash fried to give it a crispy exterior and soft interior, is quickly gaining popularity here in these United States. <laughs> Wall Street based, Wall Street based Don Wagyu will be serving the most expensive version in America. The nearly $200 sandwich starts with a five ounce cut of Wagyu sourced from a single farm and aged for 36 months. Oh it's God. then breaded with panko, fried and placed on crustless squares of white bread. Crustless. Joined on the menu by two more affordable options, it's served with nori dusted fries and house-made pickles, and it is best washed down with one of Don's available whiskeys, sakes, or beers. Almost $200 for a sandwich, Nicole. Oh my God, no thank you. I mean, I'm seeing a picture of it here. It looks, I mean, I don't know. I, I'll be honest. I love steak. Yeah. I love sandwiches. I don't like a steak sandwich because then you've got, there's a, there's Thank a, you, me either. a chewiness no. to bread issue. Right. And I just, yeah, I feel like I'm destroying the steak before I'm actually getting to enjoy it on the sandwich. Now, if it's a sliced steak sandwich, I can do it. But a whole right. steak, it's nah. like a ribeye sandwich. I'm like, ah, you crush the bread yeah. and you, you're grisly and... It seems like a big waste of money. No, thank you. I don't know. You know, like the whole trend now is like the, you know, at nice steakhouses or whatever, they'll do like a 20 or $25 burger where they just <laughs> right. get like a really nice piece of meat and it becomes a burger. But I'll be honest, we did burgers on the July, 4th of July episode of Pete's Eats and they were frozen burgers from Costco bought in bulk. Yeah. I mean, that couldn't have cost it. I mean, what was that probably? A, a dollar? Not even a dollar. It couldn't have been a dollar. It was probably 30 cents for the probably. patty we made. Right. Not a $25 piece of meat. Uh-uh. It was good. It was really good. I mean, how much better are you making? A, part, a big part of the burger or the toppings on the burger. Why would you put all the toppings on a $25 burger? <sighs> Sigh. These things keep me up at night. I Yeah, same. Yeah. Nicole, other news in the world of finance. Amazon continues to take over everything. <laughs> they bought a... Uh, pharmacy this week an what? online online pharmacy which now means they're going to take over the world cvs and walgreens stock prices plummeted this week as oh. they realized uh-oh we just oh, became obsolete right. what do you think they're gonna buy next what what is amazon gonna buy next i, in, just, in, I just had the thought like what haven't they bought like car dealerships question. yeah it's a good wow right? That's you like really it. got to the point. Thank you. Jeez, that was astute. Huh. Uh, so, yeah, when, when this all <laughs> happened this week, Amazon, the news of Amazon buying this pharmacy uh, called some pill pack, uh, it decreased the market value of its eight nearest competitors in the pharmacy space yeah. by $17.5 billion. Oh, my goodness. What? That's intense. I know. What the heck? But you know th that was, that's essentially what they tried to do when they bought Whole Foods last year is just disrupt the space. It's all about distribution, right? Because right. if you can, you know, distribute groceries via Amazon or Amazon via the grocery store, you can go mm -hmm. pick up stuff. Now you can maybe put these pills in Walg or in Whole Foods, and then you can put uh, pills on Amazon.com. It's just crazy. 
It is crazy. But it's one of those two, even with them going into Whole Foods like they have, it's still, I feel like it hasn't disrupted the market enough, especially within the, like the health food space. Uh, and I, I, we don't usually talk, you know, investments on this micro level on the show, but I, right. I just want to, I, I want to illustrate something here for a moment. Uh, five years ago. So let's just say, let's say it's July 1st of 2013. Uh, the stock price for Amazon.com closed at $285 a share. Today, which is Friday the 29th of June, uh, in midday, the current uh, price for the exact same stock is $1,715 a share. I literally almost just spit out my coffee. Yeah. It's up from $285 oh my to $1,700 whatever. Sheesh. That's crazy. Like, where does it, it stop? Is, right? Because that's, that's the scary thing, too, is it's like, okay, so it, is it going to stop? Like, what is it capable of? Is this, are we getting, like, near the, the ceiling of this? Or are we still just seeing the beginnings of it? Well, do you want to hear something crazy? In 1997, June of 1997, when the stock IPO'd, yeah. do you know what the price was? No. $1.54. What? $1.54. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, that, 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 that I know. $1.54, Nicole. I think that this is where they would say I'm shook. Yeah, and, and here's the crazy part, I think. Um, I, I, I happen to have, I, I don't know, I guess we have to disclose things. I happen to have shares of Amazon. I bought it less than 1000 Yeah. So I've almost doubled my money in the short amount of time that I've held it. And I'm not suggesting you do that if you're watching right now. But I can't imagine having purchased it at $1.54. Right. That's like the whole Bitcoin thing. It does feel like Bitcoin and with that. With that, I mean, people who work there who got options or just like gifted shares or, or awarded shares, they're bazillionaires oh, if they held them. My brother's doing uh, picking for them this summer. And after he's with them long enough, he can have investment shares with them. See, well, not at $1.50. That's but, it uh, this week for the Pete the Planner show. Go to Facebook.com and find the Repeaters group. The Repeaters, like my name is spelled. And be part of that. Catch the podcast on Thursdays. Uh, the Repeat podcast, our radio show on Tuesdays. Just go to iTunes. Look up Pete the Planner show. That's all we have time for. I'm sending good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner. And this is the Pete the Planner show. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money like then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Log on. This is for information purposes only. It's not the Swiss financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Released from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me ET or to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Uh, salutations, I bring you love, Tron greetings from a far away land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, Tron can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, Salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm. 
took me home Filled by the ink and the megabytes And the hypertext transfer protocol Stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator I push faders into warp speed Glide with ease, creating a breeze They call a black hole, event horizon No rear view concerns This I adjourn, and beats I burn This I adjourn, and beats I burn Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a far away land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, try can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it?